Hey everyone, this is The Fool. We will be on hiatus for the rest of the month. However, we have some treats for you from our vault. These are shows that were previously recorded in 2020, so we hope that you enjoy, and we will talk to you sometime next month. Happy trails! Are you ready? I'm ready. I was trying to think of what we should talk about today. And I was remembering that a long time ago, we did one where we talked about the Mashiach or a Messiah type. Yeah. If we're going to do a show about Messiahs, should we talk about Paul's Messiahs? This is episode number 28. Hey, hey, it's Vin. Where you been? I missed you. I'm glad you made it back. This is our 17 minutes podcast. At the end of this episode, we have a very special message from, yeah, you guessed it, Little Orphan Annie for her secret society members. So make sure everyone you know is joining our Patreon page. Lay back, kick off your shoes, and enjoy the next 17 minutes. And now, your hosts and our friends, LaFool and A. I don't think you can ever decide if a messiah is a true messiah or a false messiah because messiahs tend to be culturally or religiously associated. Let's say the Christian messiah, who I think most people would agree is seen as the Christ. The Jewish population would completely disagree and say that is a false messiah. So I think it's appropriate at any time to call into question whether or not a messiah is a false messiah or a true messiah. And I'm going to say that you can never know because we don't have one world religion that would agree across the board that there is a single messiah. Do you think that all the Jewish people and all Jewish rabbis and scholars think that Christ was not the Messiah? You mean the one that was to take everyone and save everyone and bring about the new Jerusalem? Only reason why I ask that is because I do believe that there are groups of Jews who believe that Christ was the Messiah. You can look into Isaiah and, you know, some make correlations between the book of Isaiah and Christ as being possibly the Messiah. I don't think that all Jews accept Christ as being the Messiah. I think 99% of them don't. My understanding of the Mashiach is that the Mashiach comes and does all of the things that are prophesied in one fell swoop. Christ doesn't match that. He ended up dead, hanging on a cross, buried in a tomb, raised from the dead, 40 days of new teaching, and then got transfigured which doesn't seem to match the guidelines of the Old Testament Mashiach. I don't know any Jew that would say Christ was the Mashiach. I do know some Jews that would say, sure, he seems to have been a prophet, but that's a whole different thing.
I've talked to a couple of Jewish scholars who said that there was only like, I think, five people who actually ascended into heaven and that Christ is one of them. But that doesn't make them messiahs. No, it doesn't make them messiah, but I think that they actually do believe that he existed. It's just, was he the Mushiach? I don't think so. Not for Jews. For Christians, absolutely. He was the messiah. For Muslims, he was not. He was a prophet. For Buddhists, he had a Buddha-like nature. Christians think that he was the messiah. And it's funny because most Christians don't really believe in following the Jewish traditions. The very idea of a Messiah comes from Jewish tradition. But I always found that very, very strange. They liked certain parts of it, but they don't want to know the whole kit and caboodle. You take what works for you and you throw the rest away, which is a delightful thing that most humans do. And it's basically to bend it around your own will. According to Christians, Christ is going to come back some think at any moment, SDAs in particular, they've been waiting since like 1844. That was the first one. Then there's another one. There were some evangelicals that thought it was coming. I think they happened just a couple of years ago. Yeah, not just a couple of years ago, like consistently. Anytime there were a certain number of blood moons and full moons and meteors and asteroids, there's always an effort to equate some natural phenomena with some prophetic text. There's been a lot of that, but especially in the last 25 years. Yeah. Which sells a lot of books and gets a lot of people to watch your sermon on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. Let's just pick the Christian version for now. If Christ did return, uh, it'd be one of two ways. One, he's going to come in the clouds of glory. Everybody has to see him. I have a problem with that text because it says, and also they that persecuted him, implying that it would have happened thousands of years ago. Or they could have been raised from the dead. Don't forget there's raisings of the dead. So all those that persecuted him on the cross were raised from the dead, like the Romans were raised from the dead. and Sure. To witness the triumphant return. I think there was a movie called Signs years ago. <laughs> I think I saw it and I don't remember how it went. That's how it was. Like They were raised from the dead just to watch him. <laughs> if Christ was alive on earth today, if he returned, same Yeshua, he is still an Orthodox Jew. For Christ to fulfill the requirement of the Messiah, he had to come into the nation of Israel because he was their Messiah. He wasn't at that point the Messiah for the world. What I don't know is what the texts say that he said about his second return, if he would come back just for that nation or if he would come back for the whole world. What I recall some woman touched his garment or something like that. And he goes, why did you touch me? She might have asked, why was it a problem? And he goes, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. Who are the lost sheep of Israel? From what I understand, there was two temples at the time of Christ. One temple was in Jerusalem and the other temple was in the mountains. And people actually worship at that temple. That's who Christ came for. The folks that were worshiping at a temple that wasn't the right temple? They were considered the lost sheep of Israel because they didn't worship in Jerusalem. He was not for the ones worshiping in Jerusalem, the ones worshiping in the temple where the Roman guards were hanging out. He was for the mountain temple. That's who I believe Christ was talking about initially. However, there's a second part. Mm. His disciples were approached by a centurion. Like they see this guy riding in all, on the distance on a chariot with an assistant on there. And they're like, oh, oh this is trouble. And they know who he is. He probably has an entourage with him, and they pull up, and they go, hey, we're looking for your teacher. And he goes, who wants to talk to him? And he goes, a Roman centurion wants to talk to him. That's who. And they go, oh, crap. Mm. He's like, hey, it's good news. I, I want him to do me a favor. I, like, I, I know who he is. I know that he's a healer, and I want to speak with him. 
and they go and talk with him. Now, normally Christ's disciples wouldn't let anybody talk to him. Mm. And yet they delightfully go and say, hey, the Roman guard wants to come talk to you. Why? Because the Roman centurion could tell you, pack up your stuff, grab our gear and follow us. And you have to escort him. You have no choice. If he says, carry my gear, you have to carry it. So he goes and talks to Christ and he goes, hey, I, I know who you are. I know that you're a healer. I know that, that you're, you know, you're, you're a Jewish teacher. And he uses the word dolus. What it meant was a person who was my sex slave, now he's fallen in love with me and he gives himself to me no longer as a slave, but freely. And it's all something that one word dolus. And so when he says this, he knows who it is. It's, this is his partner, but he was once a slave. Even though he was emancipated, he still stays with him. And he goes, he's dying. Can you heal him? Christ is like, I'll come with you immediately. He goes, no, 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 no. All you got to do is say the word, uh, you know, I leave men. If I give an order, his orders follow. Just say the word and know that he'll be healed. Because the guy was actually a little embarrassed, but at the same time, he wanted to honor who this was. He knew that he was a healer and he was maybe the one. Christ in that moment saw that his ministry was for the entire world. He says, your servant is healed, go. That was about Yeshua. That's when he learned something greater than himself. I'm not just for the lost sheep of Israel. I'm for all the lost sheep of the entire human race. It's interesting because I think that that was a gay relationship. People argued that, but that's what the word dolus meant. Why would you then assume that the Messiah, from the Christian perspective, would return only to Israel? Why wouldn't the Messiah return for the whole world? I think there is a scripture that says, and every eye will see him. There's a TV show on Netflix called Messiah. Have you had a chance to see it yet? Mm, I tried and I wasn't interested. I thought it was very powerful. Every I saw him. How could that possibly be? The earth can't see the sun all at the same time. How is it possible? He couldn't be hovering in the air. We could all see him. These days, modern media makes it possible. Not everyone has access to that. Maybe in some way that we can't imagine. Maybe in our mind's eye, he would connect with us all instantly across the world. In which case, does he need to sit down in any nation? Or can he just do that all from wherever he is in the ether? He says, my kingdom is now of this world. Maybe all of this is just the matrix right now. Maybe when he simply says... I'm here, we'll all open our eyes and realize that this is all but just a dream. And he'll connect with us in a different kind of realm, all hearing the same voice at the same time, every place that there's a human being. It's within our very genetic code. That would make sense. Personal question then, do you think the person that was called Yeshua is what we should expect as the Messiah for a second return? To have that happen? I'm kind of torn on what I believe. I think for his time and for what he did, I think he was the right emanation. I think that it's been completely exaggerated uh, a lot about him, which had a lot to do with Saul. I think Saul diluted the story. You mean Paul? Uh, I, mean, I meant Saul. You don't accept his name change. I reject everything about Saul. Mm. think that who he was has been lost. He was a Nazarite, so they called themselves the son of God the I am's. That's who I think he was. He followed John. John the Baptist was actually greater than Christ, and he was killed. Christ followed the path of John the Baptist. He took a lot of John's ministry. Where does baptism come from? It comes from John the Baptist. Where does the Lord's Prayer come from? It comes from John the Baptist. A lot of the teachings that Christ taught came from John the Baptist. Some say, oh, you know, well, John had to make him so smaller so that you could be greater. That's added in by the disciples years after both of their deaths. I think if we had absorbed Christ's actual ministry as it was in its purest form, it would be a completely different church. 
And I hate to say it's another form of paganism because paganism is the old religion. If you are actually a good person and you follow the, the teachings of paganism, there's a place for you in the kingdom of glory, the afterworld, because it's not really about what you believe. It's about how you are as a human being. Christ gave a list of things that you're supposed to do. Do you feed the poor? Do you visit the prisons? Do you visit the hospitals? Most modern day Christians don't do a lot of that. You know who does? Pagans, anarchists, Satanists. <laughs> so how, how is it that they're the bad guys? Yet they're the ones who actually follow the ways of Yeshua. Yeshua is also agnostic. Some think that he was a magi. He practiced was magic. And oh, it wasn't magic. It was a miracle. The Quran talks more about the life of Christ than the Bible does. The Quran talks more about Mother Mary than the Bible does. Even the most ardent Jewish teachers teach that Christ rose from the dead. Why did those who went before him ascend? Moses ascended, Enoch ascended, Elijah, and none of them are being called the Messiah. I probably have this wrong, but I believe in the Messianic age, in the last days, they're all supposed to return. And they're all supposed to guide humanity to Kumalam. According to the Jewish tradition, not the Christian tradition. According to the Jewish tradition. So the Christian tradition is saying, only this dude that we call Jesus is going to come back and do all the things. And we need to be saved. We need a savior. And this is the only guy that can do it because he ended up dead on a cross. Whereas from the Jewish perspective, there are multiple characters who can come back and be of guidance. And that it will all be done on the current earth instead of, as Christians say, we've got to be taken away from this earth to a place called heaven. Yeah, I think everybody has a little bit of it right. I believe more in the Jewish perspective of what's going to happen. I think that there will be a Mushiach that comes, but I think he is a brand new emanation. He is something that was only born at this time and this place for one purpose, to bring it all together. I think a lot of Christians will think, oh, it's just the return of Christ. And a lot of Orthodox Jews will go, this is the Mashiach at last. Mashiach is here now with us. Muslims will recognize him as maybe the return of Christ or as the Messiah, because they have their own Messiah that's supposed to come at the same time. But in the end, I think his actions will make it very clear he is from the divine. There's not going to be anybody that's going to be able to deny that. That's all that's really going to matter. So when that moment comes, it's over. That covers half the planet, but you're also leaving out 3 billion people who are going to be on the side of the Shinto or the Buddhist or the unnamed, but probably more Buddhist type religion. Uh, we've also left out the Hindus and the Sikhs. What do you do with that whole population with this one crazy emanation popping over that works, admittedly, for a portion of the planet. I think that the emanation will work for all the planet. I think when they see him, they'll recognize him by his deeds, by what he's doing. Mm. And they'll they'll say, like, this man is of the divine. Mm. That's that. Mm. I don't think there's going to be any denying it at that point. I think it's going to be overwhelming evidence. Like, okay, this is not of this earth. This is the supernatural. This is divinity among us. But when that day comes, all this conversation ends anyway, because there's no going back to the darkness once you're looking at the light. True that. That's where I think we're heading. So we'll see. Nice talking to you. Fun conversation. Go in peace. For 
all of you in the Orphan Annie Secret Circle? Did everybody around you join our Patreon? I, I think you missed somebody. Pretty sure you did. So for now, here's a partial message. Nice effort, so keep up the good work, drink your Ovaltine, and stay tuned for further instructions. You're getting so close. Hang in there. Yours truly, A. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.